Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone who shares your values in today's culture isn't easy. And being single around the holidays isn't easy either. That's why Catholic Singles created a website and app where single Catholics can meet and get to know each other that focuses on values, activities, and interests. For over two decades, Catholic Singles has been fostering deep relationships because your faith matters. Start today at catholicsingles.com. Ignatius Press is That's pleased Catholic to announce Singles. the first national book club created for Catholic schools. Ignatius Book Club for Catholic Schools was launched to support Catholic schools' dedication to forming the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Ignatius Book Club for Schools partnered with leading publishers of children's literature to offer the best books and educational materials for all reading levels and interests. Head to ignatiusbookclub.com podcast and find wholesome books that delight, inspire, and enrich. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at mycatholichealthcare.com. That's mycatholichealthcare.com. CMF Curo, healthcare fully alive. A good fairy tale always has a sprinkle and sparkle of magic. That's because fairy tales themselves work a special kind of magic in our hearts and minds. How do they work that magic? The storyteller is a kind of magician, if you like. He casts a spell and takes us into another country and into another adventure. The story takes us into what J.R.R. Tolkien calls fairyland. The story sparks our imagination, and we are transported into a land we know is not real, but which seems like our own world. This is the land of enchantment, where nothing is quite what it seems, and everything has a deeper meaning. Because things in Fairyland are strange and surge with a deeper meaning, the story casts a spell on us, and we begin to see that our own world is stranger than we thought, and the everyday things we see and touch and hear and use also have a deeper meaning and a richer significance. We thought that was bread and wine, but it is not. It is something far greater. We thought the person was just a neighbor or friend, but we see that they are, in fact, an eternal soul, created to be more glorious than an angel one day. So it is with Father Longenecker's story about the Squugglies. Things in their town are not what they seem, and the story holds some riddles and clues that point beyond the story to greater truths. The story helps us stop and see ourselves in our own world with eyes and ears and hearts and minds wide open. This is the way with true fairy tales. The truths are embedded in the stories, and although you can discuss the truths apart from the story, you cannot experience the truths apart from the stories. But I will stop talking about stories and let Father Longenecker tell you one of his stories he wrote for some children in another country a long time ago. Once there was a town full of ugly people called the Squugglies. They really were very ugly, too. They had wrinkled faces and fat, white, flabby bodies. Their hair, what hair they had, was long and stringy and greasy and thin. Their ears stuck out. Those who had teeth had yellow and brown, snaggly teeth. They liked dark rooms that were damp and filled with old mattresses, piles of moldy newspapers and stacks of dirty dishes. Their skin was a greenish-gray color in places, and they had terrible eyesight and pimples 
and they squinted a lot and made faces to see better and to see where they were going they had to bend over and so they got curvy hunchbacks and they had to wear big boots with metal pieces in them and oh i forgot they had bad breath really bad breath like they'd been chewing on dead things for a long time i'm sorry to say that the squugglies were not only ugly on the outside they were also a selfish mean and petty people they used to bully one another and nurse grudges. Each one used to dwell on his hurts like a child picks a scab. And they were not nice at all, and didn't want to be nice either. And they also liked to eat disgusting food like liver and chitlins, or pickled eels and Limburger cheese, or red beet pie with boiled cabbage. And for dessert they liked nothing better than yams mashed together with peanut butter. The Squugglies had been ugly inside and out for as long as anyone could remember. Oh, there had been some stories told about how they were once beautiful and good. But a wicked queen had killed the king and cursed his descendants. The story was that the curse could only be broken by climbing on the broken head of a broken boy, whatever that meant. There was a little song the children sang which went like this. One face green and one face red, one body mean and one is dead. Fall low, climb high, run far, run nigh. Come, buddy, body bone, the prince will come. The head's undone and the stories run. Fall low, climb high, run far, run nigh. The head's undone and the stories run. The old people said the little song was the last living memory of the old tale. But nobody believed in such things any more. Then one day... Three very large black cars swept into the town, and six extremely beautiful women stepped out. They wore smart suits and had slim leather cases with sleek laptops and tablets inside. The tall leader was called Ms. Samantha Forzano, and the squugglies gathered around, and she smiled and showed her perfect teeth and said, "'Good day. We have come from the Department of Health and Social Education.' We've come to show you how to enjoy a higher standard of living and a healthier lifestyle. The six beautiful women rented a house in the town, and it wasn't long before things were transformed. They had large grants from the Department of the Environment and the Department of Education and the Department of Cultural Improvement and the Department of Deportment. Soon the sewers were fixed, the houses were fumigated, central heating and air conditioning was installed, the rats were scattered, and the litter was carted away. Then the six women started a beauty course in the town hall. They put up posters of smiling young people with slogans that said, Think beautiful to be beautiful, or Beauty begins within. They gave lectures about having a positive self-image and said, To love others you must first love yourself. They trained the squugglies to repeat to themselves over and over, I am beauty, beauty is me. I am beauty, beauty is me. I am beauty, beauty is me, and other encouraging sentences like that, which they published in a little red book for everyone to memorize. They soon had the men in the town drinking fruit juice instead of beer, and eating low-fat spread on bagel thins instead of butter on crusty bread with jam. They turned one of the old factories into a gym and dressed the men up in shorts and pastel-colored t-shirts with affirming slogans on the front. They got the women to wear brightly colored exercise clothes, and when they ran around the gym, they looked like there were lots of little animals jumping around inside their tracksuits. One day, the beautiful ladies brought in a whole rack of wigs, 
They had dentures made for the people, brought in an orthodontist, fixed their teeth, and fitted the squugglies with contact lenses. They soon lost weight or else learned how to wear girdles, and they soon learned to use makeup to cover the sickly yellow-green skin. Soon they began to look very beautiful indeed. They even went to classes run by the six beautiful women called Language for Success, and there they learned how to look people in the eye, give a firm handshake, and how to smile and talk at the same time. They learned lots of new words like lifestyle and upwardly mobile and fashion conscious. They learned how to say, isn't it a lovely morning, rather than, oi, give me that cupcake now, or I'll thump you. Everyone was having such a good time being beautiful that they couldn't believe it when one of the men in the town did an unmentionable thing. His wife told him not to, but he did anyway. He took off his wig and rubbed his bald head. He took his dentures out and threw them in the trash. He put on his old tweed jacket, his patched corduroy trousers, his worn-out old slippers, and plopped on his head his battered old felt cap. He pulled a pipe out of his pocket and began to puff on it, and every day he would sit on a bench in the town square with a pile of wood, making a ladder. Every day he carried on like this, and when he finished one ladder he would put it in his workshop at home and start another one. How the people mocked him. The beautiful ladies with the perfect teeth came by and asked him lots of serious questions. The ladies in the town with lots of little animals in their tracksuits turned up their noses at him on the way home from the beauty sessions. The other men snorted at him, and the children laughed and called him the monster man. Everyone said, what a poor, ugly little man. Why, look at those big, hairy ears he's got. Some people shook their heads, and some people shook their fists. People would come and sit on the bench and ask why he was behaving in such an odd manner. And he would only smile and puff on his pipe and tell stories or speak in riddles. He'd say, I am me, and you is you. Where there is one truth, now there is two. When they pressed him on his dirty ugliness, he would say, Well, there's nothing as ugly as death. Or he'd say, Clean on the outside means dirty on the inside, or vice versa, if you please. And when they sniffed at his dirty smelliness, he'd just laugh and say, Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. By and by, the little ladder-maker's wife had a baby boy. And when he refused to allow her to put makeup and a wig on the child, she said she'd had enough and stomped off to go live in the house of the beautiful women. You can look after the ugly little brat yourself, she yelled as she slammed the door. And then she remembered the good manners the beautiful ladies had taught her and put her head around the door and smiled sweetly and said, No hard feelings, I hope, darling. And then she was gone. The ugly little man wasn't seen in the town square quite so much after that, because he had to look after the little boy. The town council put up his rent, so he had to move out to a cottage in the country on the edge of the forest. The ugly little man lived there with his son and built ladders, and as the years went by he got older and uglier. His ears got even bigger, and his nose grew fat and red, and he was more and more stooped over. The squugglies soon forgot all about him and his son. They lived peacefully and continued to make themselves beautiful until finally one day the old man turned his face to the wall and died. There was a rumor going around that something strange would happen at the old man's funeral. They never did figure out why he was making all those ladders, so everyone in the town put on their latest suits of clothes 
spent a long time fixing their wigs and putting on their makeup. And by this time the six beautiful women had got old and haggard. From time to time they had gone away to the city and come back with their faces all stretched out so that they always looked surprised and seemed to smile all the time, even when they were sad or angry. On the day of the ugly man's funeral, all the people turned up at the town cemetery. As they watched, a cart drawn by six white horses came slowly over the hill. High in the back of the cart was the old man's coffin. It was resting on a large square bundle of ladders. Driving the cart was a tall young man with a solemn but noble face. He had strong, broad shoulders and long, fair hair blowing in the breeze. His shirt was red, and he wore a huge, billowing cape that was black on the outside, but with a golden lining. Slowly, the horse-drawn cart drew up to the cemetery gate. As they watched, all the squogglies were silent and full of wonder. The young man climbed down slowly and lifted his father's coffin from the cart and placed it by the graveside. Then he unloaded the bundle of ladders and very slowly and solemnly gave each of the squogglies one of the ladders. As he did, he looked each one in the eye and said, Climb up or slide down as you will. One of the younger squogglies held the ladder in both hands and gingerly put one foot on the lowest rung. As he did, the ladder seemed to plant itself in the earth, and it seemed to grow upward ever so slightly in his grasp. As he placed one foot on the bottom rung, he noticed that another rung appeared at the top. He gasped, and as he did so, the leader of the six women, Mrs. Samantha Fortsoni, said in her icy tones, All of you, drop the ladders at once. They will kill you. It is the curse, don't you see? It is the curse. Suddenly she turned and stood in front of the young man facing the people. This man is an imposter. He does not want you to be beautiful any more. And with that she turned and pushed the handsome young man into the open grave that was intended for his father. And as he fell, he gashed his head on a rock, sticking from the side of the grave. Lying at the bottom of the grave, he put his hand to his head and felt the warm stickiness of blood. He sat up and called from the depth of the grave, Will someone lend me their ladder? The squuggly, who had felt his ladder grow, ran over and put the ladder into the grave, and the young man climbed up. Now he appeared to them to be even stronger, more noble and more brave. He tossed his long hair back and smiled on them, and as he did, they felt a surge of happiness that they had never felt before. It was like the sudden rush you have when someone says they love you, or when you watch the sun come up, or you realize it's the first day of summer vacation. The handsome young man laughed and said, My name is David, and the old ladder maker is my father. In a moment we will bury him. But first I must tell you the truth. This country has long been under a curse, and that woman there, Samantha Fortsoni, is the wicked queen who long ago killed the king and cursed the land. My father was a descendant of that king, and the ladders he made are magic ladders. As you climb, they will take you step by step to your true home, where you will become truly beautiful. They are beautiful already, screamed the six hags. They do not need your magic ladders. Besides, it is a lie. Those ladders will only lead them upward ever higher until they plunge to their deaths. Don't climb the ladders. Don't climb the ladders or you will die. David laughed at them. <laughs> Be gone, witches. When you broke my head, the curse was broken. 
I am the boy whose broken head would bring beauty back to this land. I am the boy on whose broken head they must climb. You, you are the truly ugly ones. Now fly away. Go on, fly. At that the six witches began to sizzle and smoke. They writhed and shrieked as they turned into bats with lithery wings, and with lizard-like hisses they turned and winged their way into the darkening clouds. So David became the prince of that town, and the squugglies took off their wigs and became who they really were once more, except they were kinder and braver and less selfish, and each one kept his ladder in the corner of his room, and when the time came, one by one, each one climbed that ladder, and as he climbed the ladder, it grew, so that he never seemed to reach the top, until at last the ladder reached far above into a land where no one was ugly either inside or out, for each one shone as beautiful and as bright as the stars at night. We hope you enjoyed listening to Father Longenecker's story of the Squugglies. Did you hear any familiar words and phrases? Did the story make you see things differently? Did anything surprise you in the story? Did anything make you laugh? Remember, these true fairy tales are podcasted free of charge, but they are not free to produce and distribute. You can read Father Longenecker's blog posts and view the rest of his podcast channels at his website. Make sure to go to his blog, Standing on My Head, at DwightLongenecker.com. If you would like to make a donation to help with the expenses of these stories, you can use the donate button in the right sidebar of the website. To learn how you can be a donor subscriber, click the subscribe tab at the top of the homepage. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com.